we're back. This is Game of Owns. We are recording immediately following the premiere of Hard Home. Immediately. I'm limiting loud noises out of my body. I just took strike on a walk, found myself at one point jumping up and down with glee, excited to record this episode. Guys, I'm so excited to talk about this. It's amazing. This episode was amazing before we got to Hard Home. And now and then the whole what was it? 15 solid minutes of battle at Hard Home? 14 15, yeah. Yeah, 14 15 mm-hmm. minutes of just the most I wanted to call it prophesizing. It's not, but it's like that that stuff to come, you know, kind of oh. like this is what we're dealing with, guys. This is we're introduced to the villain basically for the first time in a real in a real way and not like a uh, oh there's one of these guys and he's coming after you kind of way but the four horsemen on the ridge i can't even begin eric that we have to apologize to those of you listening as you know on our podcast we record these episodes on sunday evening following directly the episodes airing now in the past there have been large moments in episodes I mean, this is this is Game of Thrones, and this is the story we all all follow together, but never, never like this. And this is we're going to be all over the place, and it's just that's just how it's going to be for this episode. I'm just enjoying this, honestly, <sighs> sitting back and watching you guys. Uh, I'm enjoying and sitting sitting back exert and watching this level of glee of having seen the the Night's King at Hard Home. I remember texting with Zach earlier in the week. And I told him, I said, this episode, it's going to be epic. He's like, how epic can it be? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you know, there, there was more conversation uh, I won't get into. But uh, this was uh, definitely, as you mentioned, 15 minutes of action-packed excitement. And you never know what you were going to see next. I think that was the best part of it. And there was the little girl all the way back from the first episode of season one, who was mm-hmm. in there with the kids. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was a nice little cameo. Man, I bet, I bet she asked for more money to come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she could, like though. Sam, baby Sam, she does not age. <sighs> yeah, I was going to say, she might be CGI, because five years, she might be a little taller than she was a back bit taller. Then. Oh, yeah. Gosh, they'd have recast her. Apart from the content, apart from all the things that we're going to inevitably yes. dive into the structure the con- the contents of this episode but the structure um the moments the ingenuity the shifting of drama and emotion i have not felt this invested in a television episode i've never felt this much emotion in a television episode ever and it w- no. it was it was brilliantly done this is the episode this is the episode done. you show to somebody if you want them to feel what life feels like, <laughs> like <laughs> you could give this episode to uh, what's the word narcoleptics and they would wake up just to watch this episode. Well, I they're think. certainly not going to be able to go to sleep. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true too. There's a bit of a Guys, nightmarish quality. There's literally a shot where Jon Snow is looking and there are horses and we know what are mounted on those horses. They were there and they were there in the gloom. There the was glow, literally a shot the where the giants, Stomped a dead guy into the ground <laughs> <laughs> and ripped him apart Jurassic oh Park T Rex style. It was literally oh, uh, and he finally got a name one 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 one. That's his mm-hmm. name one one. I'm so thrilled that there was mm-hmm. a giant uh, because Mance 
Mance had stated uh, that the other giant that had died was the last of a long line of giants, and of, the of course kings, he's talking yeah. about blood bloodlines, yeah, and and to know that that wasn't in fact the last giant ever was, and maybe that's stupid, but that's what I took away uh, last time was that there were just you know that was the biggest giant they had. Um, to know that there's a slightly smaller giant who lived to fight another day, not just you know at the wall battle, but uh, today on tonight's episode is very heartening. And I don't know how he's going to fit through the tunnel if they do let him to the other side. I, when, he, when he was leaving the scene, I was hoping that he wouldn't fall. And he kept walking. And it was just... Oh, man. If that, like, we're all on the same side. Except those of us that are uniquely impressed with the fantastical nature of these beings north of the wall. Guys, and to everyone listening at home... I literally don't know what to do. I don't know where to begin. I don't know how to how to speak about this. This is an episode filled with moments. I mm-hmm. wholeheartedly believe that the Daenerys Tyrion conversation was among the top scenes ever put into the series. Abs- absolutely, um, absolutely. Theon Greyjoy told Sansa Stark that he didn't murder her two brothers. Oh yeah, those are literally a few bullet points. From what was contained in this eighth episode. Oh yeah, and the dead raised to life. (laughs) (laughs) It it didn't uh, cheapen at all. You can look this up. Like when we started the show, and we were doing owns for for the first episodes that we were watching that we were own alongside of. I just I can't imagine that we ever imagined, even envisioned, could have seen an episode that owns so much um, in its time frame. I mean, it's the first episode I was watching that actually ended at the nine o'clock mark, you know, at the actual, at the hour, it's a new hour, got to watch something else now. I mean, it Mm -hmm. it made it all the way up. It was packed. And I mean, it was an amazing episode before you get to hard home, an amazing 30 minute stretch of characters that we never again would have imagined that they would have seen each other. Uh, That line that Tyrion has to Daenerys about both being the, the, uh, the, What's the word? Both being terrible children of terrible fathers. Terrible children of terrible. Oh my god! I'm just like, yes, they are. But but that perspective, though, like it changes everything. It does. Yeah, and we knew it was there, but to feel it with them and to all feel it together because we can have our own read of the story, but when it's presented to us in the show, it's special because. Like this evening, like all of you that are joining us online, which is just literally on fire, mm-hmm. we're all sharing it together, and it just makes it that much more special. We could probably all collectively hold our phones up to the microphone, and that could be an entire episode for like the next hour or so with the amount mm-hmm. of tweets that are coming in. <laughs> it's outrageous. The owns that we've seen are pretty <sighs> impressive so far. I had to actually stopped tweeting because Twitter told me, that I couldn't anymore. <laughs> I guess I was retweeting too much, and there's only a certain limit that you can do within a certain period of time. So uh, we'll be sure to retweet more uh, oh you know, later on and into tomorrow. They'll, they'll just keep coming in. I love seeing them pile up. Like the number of notifications, eventually you get to like over 100. And yeah, man, it's, uh, it's really, really cool to see how people are responding to this episode. Most of it is to what we saw uh, at hard home, but uh, other parts obviously had some really good moments to them, as you mentioned. Arya's mission, even in this episode, totally wasn't even expecting to see her in this episode, and she has her whole mission laid ahead of her. Like that was in this episode, mathematical and brilliant. Yeah, 
it felt like a, a a mini caper, a mini mystery inside of what I knew to be a larger episode. Yeah, this was this was so exactly what you just said. <laughs> words <laughs> words fail. It's, mini caper. It's it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm with you, man. This is it's difficult. It's very difficult. I think of how we've been presented the story, and I think of our recent conversations and how we have been telling everyone at home that winter is definitely coming. The sixth book is on its way, and we know that the penultimate season, I'm already thinking about next season, how fucked up is that? The penultimate yeah. season is next year if if we do go to seven, and winter has to come, and then hopefully spring eventually comes. And I knew yeah. at some point winter would be approached, that a real threat would be put in our direction. I did not expect it to happen in the eighth episode. Did not expect it to happen in this way, shape, or form. The the sheer brutality of what we saw at Hard Home was outrageous. Mm-hmm. Unlike any level yeah. that's been in the show before. Brutal, dangerous. The hordes uh. of the dead that would sprint off the face of a cliff only to oh my God. rise again. Hello, we're here. Again, this isn't the content that I feel has made me feel so much. I mean, of course, it's there, but there is some excellent, excellent devices used in the way that we were shown, for example, all the dead children standing together and how they oh approached the lady that we, we, we got to know over the course of the episode. Like the, yeah. Not to mention the standoff that I'm sure we'll get into, but just how these ideas were crafted into the episode. It's steps steps beyond what if there is competition it steps beyond what other stories are applying to this medium which is television the woman's a perfect example um who we i don't believe we've seen her before um she has some great lines and offers some great counsel during the whole you know whether they're deciding to follow john or not she says uh she's she's the one correct me if i'm wrong with the line uh, that the guy says, my ancestors would spit on me if they saw me helping a crone. She's like, mine would too, but fuck them, they're dead, you know. And she she goes from that, uh, you know, tough, intense negotiation scene to putting her children or the children she's in charge of on a boat, and they're reaching for her, but she's got to fight. So she's like, I'll I'll meet up with you later. To being, you know, a badass warrior, to being stopped by the sight of these dead children, and that's her undoing is. She falters and cannot like bring herself. I mean, I think yeah, she was outnumbered, but there we've seen fighters go two different ways. You know, when they're outnumbered, she could have put on a big game face and you know kind of fought. But when she saw those children, she like she couldn't fight. That's huge character development. Like to me, is is thinking she's got children she's trying to protect that are alive, and she wouldn't try and kill even these dead children, even if it meant her death. We saw her die. And we saw her come back, all in this episode. I mean, a story told without words, a story told mm-hmm. just through that that entire life cycle existed within five minutes of this one hour-long episode. That's a great point. And uh, I, I believe that that polish was utilized so many times. I mean, if, if they can make us feel that about a character we didn't know before this episode started, how about the characters we do know and love and have followed? I mean... It's it's just amazing. It's amazing that never before have I felt so like just energized at, at peace, zen, and energized with <laughs> the story that that's being told. Mm. I mean, they needed to put, they really needed to. They answered these questions of 
things that we wouldn't have asked, like the hierarchy, like what is it, what is, what does command of the dead army look like? And, you know, we saw the Night's King or we saw that, uh, one of the ice men before and like 12 others in that one scene with the baby at the end of, yeah. uh, one of the episodes in season, was it four or was it even three? Yeah, I believe it was four there? of season four. Okay. Yeah. And, and, I mean, we saw that, but take that, multiply it 15 times and that's how many answers we got or how many, how much insight I'd like to say we got into their command structure. We're, we're going to rewatch this episode so many times just knowing when the guy who John fought like when he is going to use the pointy end versus the, the the blunt end to kick to to hit him and make him fall oh, yeah. you know it's just like what what is his tactic what is his thought process i mean these these guys man it's i don't know how to talk about it honestly we haven't seen <laughs> these characters i mean they've been in the back of our minds this was the opening scene of the whole series and uh, we've seen what we saw at the end of season two. We understand who they are, what they've done. Again, this is all, it's all present. And we know that winter is coming. But to see them in the way that we saw them, beginning with the whites, beginning with the attack and seeing yes. the eyes, the brutality, we felt it. But to see the threat on the ridge and to know that, oh, okay, this is an organized effort. Like they were, they were planning this. This was something that they wanted to happen. And before, I think we've always assumed that there was a level of intelligence to these creatures, obviously, but it's not right. exactly present in the opening episode. It no. is, and it isn't. We know that there's obviously intelligence there. I mean, it's that's that's almost idiotic to say that they would not have intelligence, but it's it's. It's strange because there's so much shrouded in a mystery. It's like if we assume too much, then we're just building our own thing on top of that. But now yeah, we're yeah, yeah. we're getting so much more of that, and we're seeing that this is like these are these are fatigued individuals that were dressed up, suited, ready to ride into battle. When they see someone like John and the Thin inside of a burning hut, all right, now it's time for me to pull out my ice lance and fight these guys. <laughs> you know, like, this is this is a, a character, I feel like we could get the perspective of what they're up to. Yeah. It's insane to know, I mean, really, it's, it's a look that we haven't gotten, and it was just very heavy, and with it comes so many implications. Yeah, I, I would say even for those of us who are sullied, there's so much that we saw in tonight's episode that we've never really been privy to before you mentioned the hierarchy in terms of what's their battle plan look like i mean maybe at the end of the day it doesn't look like a whole lot they just instruct their minions to jump off clips and then reanimate once they hit the bottom <laughs> but imagine if john which was got well there. executed i would give it if it judges 10 so 10 9.5 you know yeah, maybe so yeah maybe 9.5 so but yeah, it was imagine john getting there 30 minutes later what he would have encountered oh my God. just an entire entire village basically of wildlings turned whites and that was the plan one would have to imagine that the the knights king and the white walkers were planning right that that's what they were looking to do here to take this whole group of people Mm -hmm. And and let's face it, they got a couple thousand of them well, and, yeah. and turned them into those that can now fight on their side in the war to come. Yeah, I mean, that's we got an exact <sighs> picture of how they do, of what they do. They come, they kill, and then they get more army men for their cause. This is exactly 
how it happens. We saw it happen. We saw that dude raise his arms. That and was the yeah. dead. Their eyes flickered, <laughs> and they were. I mean, come Another on. Another nod toward how this episode was crafted. Those shots. Just the, it, it kind of reminded me of, you know, uh, Mikey, we were talking about in the episode over the weekend how simple the Daenerys scene was with Tyrion. And the fact that it was in not only captured in such a simple way, but in such a simple place, it left so much for us to fill in with our own emotion, which I felt like was was very, very interesting. This mm-hmm. was, was, there could have been, but I'm speaking directly between the shots between the Night's King and Jon as he was floating away. There could have yeah. been so many different approaches to how we finalize this encounter. But none other than the eyes, no speaking, the true fear, the true audacity of one party to the other, the true wonder, the true mystery between them, between the viewers, it was bold. And it was planned from the beginning. Like This is something that tens and tens of people, hundreds of people were privy to and were building and now we're watching. So it's just, it's hats off to the individuals that, that crafted such a, a wonderful uh, episode that like struck soundly on so many different beats. Dramatically speaking, I can't, I can't say enough. The Night's King was a success. I see what the plan was. I see like what the hope of, of how we would all pull away and just look at our Twitter feed alone. Don't look at the rest of the world. Look at the game of owns Twitter feed alone and listen to this mm-hmm. episode alone. Yep. If you'd like an idea of how it affected people. I mean, I, I, w- I would they have had words to say to each other? The, the stairs. What do you say? What do you, what do you say? Hey, can I get my dragon glass satchel back? We left it in one of the cabins or something. Can we, can we get that, that look and those, that arm raise? That bold <sighs> rising of the dead. He didn't have to show him that, but he did. It's he like did. a it's a scare tactic. It's like oh yeah. And John is the ambassador. He is the emissary. He is the representative of not just the wall because he's Lord Commander, but of their target of the South of of the realm of the living. Now he's guarding, humanity. He is the sword that is guarding the realms of men, and and he is the Lord Commander. He represents everybody, and this guy doesn't give a fuck. He's like, this is what we do. We're coming for you. Like, sure, you may have you, you bested us now because you have like a little body of water that we can't cross. But you just wait. This is exactly how we do this. We're coming for you. Like, there there didn't need to be words because our mm-hmm. mind is filling it in. What what they were thinking, what each look meant, you know, and I, I, the makeup effects. I mean, amazing. I don't know who was under there, but give that man an Emmy. And we're talking about you know the show writers, the showrunners treating the audience like intelligent people where there doesn't need to be dialogue. Exactly. And we can, we can take this out. And you know, something else that happens, some of the scariest moments in, in horror happen off screen. Um, and I think in particular, when they first started storming the gate, the, 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 oh, the yeah. army, the wildlings that were trapped outside of the gate, how they didn't fall to the ground. In fact, they seemed to lift up. They seemed to somehow the winds of winter float Eric. or fly back that mm. that mist that fog the the winter I don't know if it's like the the sto- just the storm of winter lifted the the living away from the gates transformed them and they came back I mean it's unbelievable we we don't know it's it's just in our imagination what that looked like and that's exactly where it belongs I love it because it's the same as with the book honestly you're reading something in the book and yeah. they say they saw this it's like you 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 go to a you have a headspace and and this this show yeah. is still allowed for some of that they didn't necessarily take everything away 
This is so well done. I'm so impressed. I, I mean, I know that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like I've said that this entire episode. Um, and again, we're going to have a more concentrated effort uh, later on in the week as all of these things are discussed. That's uh, true. Including the yeah. entire episode. But I would just like to say, before we go much further, when we saw the first, you know, apart from the men on the ridge, which again haunting to the nth <sighs> degree, it was that was so well done. I I was taking notes when I was watching the episode, and I was just like, I was find myself smiling when when all of this started to go down, and it started to go down at the level that it did because I was just so happy that I was like, oh my god, this is really good. This is probably the best episode of Game of Thrones, and then it kept going and it kept getting better. I mean, we, it could have ended with all of the whites storming, and it could have been violent. There could have been a battle. They could have escaped. That could have been huge. It would have been massive even then. But when we were into the burning hut, and I was wondering, I was like, is Dolores Ed still in here because he was standing tall? Are spiders going to drop in the ceiling? Thankfully, no. <laughs> What's happening in this hut? And a place where this massive meeting between the heads of these clans and Jon Snow and Tormund Giantsbane and all of all of the, the history put into the singular moment where that had just taken place this man this being this creature that represents this impending threat of the overall series from the north walks in immediately kills the thin with his ice lance and starts to fight john and the way he's jumping from the second story to the first story he's immediately we're casting him as some kind of otherworldly ethereal supernatural not not quite on the same level as the foes that we're used to seeing and when he hits John and basically knocks the wind out of him so hard that he's immobilized, I was worried that we we're going to get an episode eight death of Jon Snow. I was freaking out inside of myself. But yeah. then the Valyrian steel worked on the lance, and immediately the entire story started to make even more congruent sense to me. The Valyrians were preparing for this threat. <laughs> Forged in the fires of Mount Doom. Yeah, I mean, hundreds of times folded over. Valyrian steel. I mean, if if Dragonglass was somehow cooler than Valyrian steel, like, it, that can kill a White, white Walker, but, right, but, but Valyrian it's the magic. steel can't. And if anyone's listening or watching and doesn't believe in magic, let me just remind you what happened at the end of this past episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they started, uh, well, what we all know <laughs> happened afterwards was that... <laughs> They all danced to Thriller. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that tweet at? We that gotta, was the we rap monitor. We got to monitor that. That, that was tweet. the tweet of the night so far. But <laughs> I think also for those of us who have read the books, it is it is a reveal that, or maybe it's just something that the show uh, is moving forward with, but the fact that Valyrian Steel can kill a White Walker is big news. That's uh, huge. Because... Prior to that, we had only known that Dragonglass would be capable of doing something like that. So now it's—I well, wonder which is more common. To be perfectly honest, uh, probably Dragonglass. Still, like knowing that, how do we? How do? How does that apply to the final battle? Like the the, the one that's going to kill these guys. You know, like like you're gonna you're gonna get a letter from the wall saying, "Send us your best Valyrian blades." Okay, so let's take a stock, ladies and gentlemen, Eric and Micah. Who do we know that has Valyrian steel? John. Well, John's got Jorah's. <laughs> Brienne. Uh, yep. Um, tick tock, tick tock. We need the Jeopardy <laughs> team going. No, uh, Everyone screaming at their podcast device. I now. just did a, a search for Valyrian steel on Twitter, 
And uh, I saw a couple people actually tweeted something quite interesting. They asked the question, did the Valyrian steel kill the White Walker or did Jon Snow kill the White Walker? Because he is <laughs> Azor Ahai Holy reborn. Shit. Yes. I, I Holy think it was, shit. well, I, I There's too much happening out episode. there right now. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Guys, bye. That is, that's... <sighs> it's profound, but the, but the White Walker shattered all of his other blades, and Valyrian Steel has that going for it, so... Okay, this but is, this is I great. think we can certainly... <laughs> this is great. I mean, there's uh, probably a lot of theories and have been for a while out there that a Valyrian steel sword could do this to a White Walker because it is made from the fire of dragons, right, after all? Or oh, yeah. It's forged in the fires, right? So right. W- one would think that it, it would have this capability, but we've never, in fact, seen it, right? Mm-hmm. We've never had the opportunity to actually see this in action uh, at least in what we've read and what we've seen in the show. So this is a defining moment, but I also like the theories that have been put out there about John. Yeah. I mean, it's it's appropriate. Even when it was Old Bear's sword or the sword that he was wielding, it's kind of appropriate for the Lord Commander to have a Valyrian steel blade because he's at, you know, he's in this cold region and he's got this hot sword. But to see it used so effectively is 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 still another thing entirely. To me, I'm just excited for the lore, and this harkens back to the episodes we've been recording in the past, and just the the attention that we've been giving to uh, the once grand kingdom of Valyria, especially after just traveling through it uh, in boat form. Actually, in an episode a few weeks back, it's it's wonderful to see not only the mentions of the past that we've gotten, uh, like the talk of Lord Wind's tourney in the crypts of Winterfell, but to be getting all of this, because this is a very present and current issue. But when we apply our thinking caps to what it means when Valyrian steel is effective against these evil people, like I said earlier, I, I kind of assumed that what we've been saying, this ice and fire... These dragons, this area, these people, and then everything that's here north of the wall. Again, I can just kind of fumble things out of my mouth because I'm not too yeah. put together right now. But it, it kind of it confirms a lot of those things, and it, and it, it really applies. It makes you think the Valyrians had a lot more going for them than the stories are saying, and that this threat, this this ice and fire, is not something that was put off it was never safe this planetos as we've called it is on a collision course we're just in the middle of this part of it right now i don't think that it was delayed i just think it's all part of bridges east and west for me too in a way that hasn't been done i i i couldn't speculate as to how many years it would normally take the show might be doing it a little faster but I mean, if, if Valyria has some answers to what's going on north of the Wall, like, for, for the first time, there's a real reason for Westeros to talk to Essos. I mean, it's it's been kind of my opinion, going through the show, going through the first three books that as we have done on the show, that Westeros and Essos don't really talk to each other. I mean, the Bank of Bravos is a big exception to that. You've got certain traders and things who are entering the area, but but as a whole, Westeros is its thing. It's got the seven you know, kingdoms, and it's it's doing its thing. Essos is free cities. They don't really talk to anybody. Now, with this sort of demand that's evolving around the things in the East holding a lot of power over the things north of the Wall, I just see this global shift of, like, 
and maybe because Danny and, and Tyrion are in talks, like you know this this general um, inclusion now of the whole world coming together to fight this this thing about how the, the all the answers lie, all the answers to what's happening in the West lie in the east and we've got characters from the west over in the east and we've got well, they should just stay there because they're much safer <laughs> they really should i mean i, I let's can't... just remind yeah. each other what we just saw i cannot i cannot see the hierarchy i cannot see the i the night king whatever you want to call him and his and his three other horsemen uh icing their way across the red waste can't see it you know Skate, the yeah. Iraqi sea can't see it no but well no. It depends on the the extent and the reach of the long night. I think that it's safe to say at this point, again, this is one of our only looks at these people that we've ever seen, and this look was limited to hard stares and mystery, so bear with me here. I believe they're limited by winter, and I I don't think that that's too not obvious. I I think it's a pretty obvious observation, but I think that they are very much... When he was raising his hands at first, I thought he was going to control the winds or something at some point. Yeah. I thought he was going to freeze know? the lake and then walk out and kill him. <laughs> yeah, I was I mean, wondering if, if because this this the scene kept going, I was wondering, I was like, if they can swim, they're going to keep just giving us action. They're going to chase them to the boats. This is going to be crazy. But yeah. I feel like they made a decision there to stop. You know, like this is where you can have this victory. Maybe. Yeah, they did. Or do they not like water? Mm, I don't know. Maybe that's why they've never uh, threatened Essos, or at least in uh, while the continents were split, and while history was recent enough for it to be recorded enough to reach our ears. Okay, I want to see an episode of Fear Factor where we get the Knights King <laughs> and we get a Dothraki, a random Dothraki, and we ask them to we ask Both them to cross. They, we ask them to walk across a ladder that's over an extended body of water and see who can no. face their fear and make it. No, neither of them um, will. But I, I think the major thing, and, and you were That's touching on this to take away from what happened in this episode, is you're really made to understand what the real threat is here. We we have so many other storylines taking place in so many other parts of this world, but yet we spend almost a half hour between John arriving at Hardhome and the end of the episode in the north, and we've been talking about this threat building, building, building. We've seen glimpses of it, but we haven't actually had a moment like this. And here you have John going toe-to-toe with a White Walker insanity, White Walker chaos. King or White Walker... Minion. Uh, mi- yeah, like general. Almost. What if he's not even the I know, guy? I know, like, what's behind him? Think but about it. We realize, based on what John does in this episode and he gets most of the wildlings to follow him with the exception of the thens fuck the fucking thens. hate thens I fucking hate thens <laughs> but that same then when they went back into the cabin was like get the glass you know yeah, and- you have to i'm sorry all every inhibitions all that bullshit drops away when the yes. fucking white walkers attack we got to see it drop away we got to see the mm-hmm. then take his axe and and basically distract to his own death uh, the 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 bad guy, so that John could get the glass. You can't even fight these guys. Like you cannot even stand to these guys. That's you know, whites are bad enough. Whites are worse than most similar creatures. And whites in, could be uh, somebody that you folklore. know. You know, like it, that makes it also a separate degree. Of yeah, the- where was Benjamin? <laughs> I've seen a lot of tweets about Benjamin was on one of those horses. Some people were saying that the the Knights King, yeah, was was like actually Benjamin going, John, why you walk away from me? You know, like come here, John. 
but I, you just don't even know. I mean, again, that's why I want to rewatch this scene so many hundreds of times too. I want to find out why uh, the, the, I guess I called him the general already, but the guy who the Then and John fight when they go back in, you know, pretty quickly impales the Then, but then with John uses a lot of the blunt side of his, of his blade. And John is pretty, gets pretty close in my opinion to defeat here. I mean, there's several oh, moments yeah. where I thought it, we've seen the last of him, but that doesn't happen. I mean, he lives to, to fight another day and I'm wondering, I'm wondering why it's like this, this guy is toying with him almost by not killing him right away. Um, it's a real sinister sort of attitude. The, the raising of the arms, we see it functionally because the dead are rising, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's also a shiner is like shining, shining John on like, this is mm-hmm. who we are and what we do. And you'll see us again. But the wildling, right. Uh, that we meet in this episode, the, the female wildling, she actually, you know, is talking to John about her children and making sure that her children get there safely and that he needs to be there in order to ensure their safety. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it, there was there was a line between the two of them, and I'm forgetting exactly what she says, but it's almost like, you know, you can't ensure their safety unless you're there. But I wonder, can he even ensure his own safety? You know, given what we've seen starting to develop, I know there was a bit of a preview at the end of this episode, the icy stare of Thorn down from the top of the wall. That preview does worry me. Um you, you almost don't want to. You almost don't want to see those things until the next episode. But but it did give a little bit of prep that there might be some issue about letting everybody in and obeying John's wishes. And we'll get a we'll get a real character test of Thorn next week. But with Ollie, maybe it'll be maybe these kids that John has uh, saved will will be a good thing. Maybe it'll be uh, you know some friends for Ollie to get to know and realize they're not that bad. Or maybe it'll be a Fox and the Hound situation where eventually they grow up and kill each other anyway. But oh my I dog. just don't even know. I feel like I'm, I don't know, and <laughs> way too invested in this, but I have a hard time. I have a hard time caring about these smaller issues. I'm with Stannis and the crew. Like I'm about these hard truths, and and yeah. I'm sorry, but I I saw that 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 mythical creature standing in the flaming hut walking toward John and then like that's all I can think of I can all I can think of is the Night's King walking across that that deck on the harbor slowly and just staring him down whether he's a Targaryen whether he's a Zora High whether he's just Jon Snow the Lord Commander with the Valyrian steel sword he's staring this guy down and saying so much and saying so much to us while we're watching and ingesting the story so I have a hard time thinking about what Ollie is going to do at the wall or, or what Alistair Thorne will do if all of these wildlings who just escaped death mm-hmm. make it there and they don't want to get along with them. But isn't that the problem, though? How do you communicate what you've just seen That's to, what I'm saying. like, 900 feet up? <laughs> when the wildlings arrive and they're not being terrible? When they arrive and they go, listen... Ned Stark was right. Yeah. <laughs> Winter is coming. We're going to just go to the gift now. And when it comes time, it'll, maybe it'll happen. Otherwise, we're hightailing it to Dorne. Two things were not mentioned in this episode, and I think it's probably on purpose. The first is Stannis's ploy. There was a little bit about Stannis, about he, how he was the one who killed Mance, which I know they're not going to... But John did not try and go further and say, are you going to help uh, him out at Winterfell? You know, and there was none of that talk. There was also no talk of kneeling. You know, there there was a lot of talk of kneeling last time John visited them, and he's not asking them to kneel. 
he's asking them to come with him, but Allies. they're not going to, they're, they're still not in a position to respond favorably to being asked to, to kneel. So if it's like Thorne or somebody's like, okay, they can come in, but first I want to see them all thousands of 5,000 of them on their knees <laughs> at once. Yeah. At once. Like that's not going to, it's just not these impossible requests of these people who've just witnessed what we've just witnessed. <laughs> it's, it's absurd to think that anyone would not let them in after that. But, how do you how do you do it? How do you how do you communicate it? Who's where does the power lie? Yeah, uh, is it Thorns or Johns? Well, there, clearly there's going to be an issue there. I haven't seen the preview, but it'll it'll yeah. unfold as it it's will unfold. It's just a gaze. Yeah, it's not more. And I hope that it that it, it bodes well because, I, like I said, I think that there are there's plenty enough to deal with, uh, and only two seasons if seven is all we get um, right now without without these small issues. But again, these small issues decorate and, and, and build. And I probably shouldn't look over that detail. And I won't. <laughs> it's too soon. I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'm glancing at my notes right now and it's all caps. It's mostly expletives. <laughs> Flaming timber, running giant. I thought he was going to play the role of tugboat and, and pull John and all the others out to sea safely. The fuck you looking at? <laughs> oh, it, yeah, and Giant. Oh, my God. One one w- definitely won my heart over this episode. He was, uh, he was amazing. Just amazing. It was danger, guys. one one was... to the sea. I was worried for Dolores Ed. Um, you know, he was in there with Juan Juan. They managed not to kill each other. He's like, he's going to ask him for his glass back, decides not to do it, and somehow Dolores Ed survives the whole thing, so... I mean, I was worried. This is this. We've been told how many deaths there are going to be in this season, and so far, I don't want to say it's been mild, but I'm I'm really worried and nervous about the episodes to come and who's going to get it before the season is out. This is Game of Thrones, after all. And we As you should be. A tremendous victory, I think. I mean, I would call that a win for for Jon Snow getting his, getting Tormund's ass out of there. I mean, in that in that hut between those thens between Jon. Attention and torment a guy who put his neck out. I guess his neck was on the line. He was asked to tell them to say the words, "This is the way," and he said, "This is the way." I mean, that is loyalty that John could not buy, and torment got serious. Torment's a serious dude in general. I mean, yes. just what he did to the Lord of Bones upon arrival. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure how this would play out because it was pretty violent i remember just thinking about of course i never, did not expect what happened at hard home to happen at hard home i thought it was going to be uh, i know we saw clips of some action so i thought okay there's gonna be a fight breakout and maybe this yeah. Lord of bones is gonna be when we first arrive maybe he'll be the guy that's uh part of some of it but no we got the signature growl from torment and he beat the living death out of him life out of him i mean it's just gonna be but he's back now yeah he's gonna be back now <laughs> the lord of bones <laughs> that's a good point actually they're all back all of their dead so yeah all of their dead could be is worse back. no he really yeah, made short work i guess the phrase is to make short work out of i mean the lord of bones and i, I love how no one else jumped in because Tormund didn't free. have time for that, though. No. He, he had no time. He wanted to get down to business. He's like, let's get all these wildling leaders together. And let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> it's like, amazing oh, what man. a few commercials will do for your confidence. <laughs> it well, worked. He, knew, he really knew deep down inside that he had to get past the Lord of Bones because nothing good was going to come of this conversation with him. No. And, well, and it's, yeah. it's a train of old thought. It's like It's like the people who were able to say, fuck my ancestors, they're dead. Um, exactly it's and and then people who can't and the thens who even say 
what do they say? Like the crows are our mortal enemies. They always have been since the beginning of time, something like that. When the Thens initially in the cabin decide not to help, and then minutes later, of course, when all hell breaks loose, the other guy <laughs> get the glass. It's like I'm sorry, my fellow man is my fellow man, no matter what facial scars we don't share. Yeah, and and to see that change just because death finally comes on on Heart Home, it's it's really and you know what. I wanted to talk about the timing of it all because it's just like, oh, they got there in perfect timing, but it doesn't seem cheap. It doesn't seem like, I mean, it's, it's a plot, it's a plot device that I, I will forgive because it just, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes in history, people get places in the nick of time to when they're supposed to get there. And I'm so glad that that happened. I, or, I, can, I can be nothing but grateful. Uh, your or, the, Micah, uh, your or. I'm thinking about your or right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe maybe the Night's King has a Jon Snow sensor, and it went off, and he said, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to go and yeah. uh, collect myself Introduce some more. Myself. Uh, yeah. Well, I, you know, the guy on the ridge looking down when Jon kills the other yeah. uh, White just, Walker with the Valia and just makes short work of him, turns him into ice. Uh, you know, it really spoke leagues. <laughs> the, the guy didn't speak at all, but it spoke a lot to know that guy knows that they can be defeated. And that, that guy has been seen, his cousin. He has seen one of his own, the other, you know, leader, general, whatever, not a horseman, but the next guy, fall and falter. And, and this is something that they now know to expect that the that there will be some loss of their guys and i'm talking about whites whites are like the underlings but the fact that he was able to witness a white walker fall in front of them i think should have helped improve whatever their strategy is going to eventually makes them more terrifying to know (sighs) that they uh are just the realization that any good leader would be like oh we're vulnerable (laughs) we should up our strategy like they're going to come back even more terrifying. Yeah. I'm reminded of that conversation you had, Micah, at lunch. What is Baelish's in game? I want to know. <laughs> Who cares are, at this point? What is this in game? What are what yeah. are these guys trying to do? You know, other than other than some men control. just want to watch the world freeze. Okay, <laughs> okay, there's yeah. that. But you know, when he's when he's surveying, just just gloatingly, just not a, not a break in the stoicism. None at all. Not any when they're escaping. Not any when he's on the dock at the harbor. Not any when he's staring at John after slicing one of his air quotes kinsmen in half. Uh, there's so much happening. As I uh, tweeted out on Game of Bones, and this was uh, all for Eric. I was wondering where the fuck the children of the forest were when you needed them. <laughs> no shit, Eric. Do you care to? Uh, Oh, where they were? Provide an answer. Yeah, oh, they, they probably got south, man. They're probably south of the wall right so now. So they could have helped a little bit. I would absolutely. Think. No, they they, they certainly could have. It, it would have been very battle, battle of five armies. The eagles come and drop a the bunch eagles. of children <laughs> in the forest. <laughs> no crows, right? The crows. Yeah, work the, for them. just huge crows, just huge massive crows. crows, just dropping children in the forest, dropping fireballs onto the, the battle of five armies kind of style. You know, I'm um, going to be a lot more sympathetic to the to the crow that follows me around every day when I walk my dog. I'm going to be like you know what pal there's a crow that follows you around every day like a bad omen like i find feathers i found a bagel strike tried to eat it i'm not sure if that was the crow who did it or something else but uh, crows feeding your dog it it might it might be a sign i just have to say um you know speaking of twitter which i spent a lot of time on tonight um daenerys you're still on it (laughs) I am because she put out a great tweet. She put out several of them, but one of them that we retweeted was, uh, I have to get north of my dragons and roast those fuckers. And, uh, 
she followed that up with a great photo, which somebody clearly uh, took the time to do, and it is very well done. We shall have to retweet this as well. It is a sign in the middle of the snow that says, in case of white walkers, break glass. And there's a <laughs> piece of dragon glass uh, perched awesome. right above it. So this is the kind of stuff we love uh, to see, especially as we start to get owns in um, for this episode. And there are plenty of them. We definitely had some great uh, correspondence with Daenerys tonight uh, on Twitter. And Danny in this episode, I mean, the, this this meeting which has overshadowed sort of all of our discussion because why the hell wouldn't it? It was awesome in, you know, taking place at the end of this episode, this meeting between John and Tormund and the wildlings. Of course, we, we did get another meeting, which is the proper, the proper throne room. Tell me if I yes. should or shouldn't kill you right now between Daenerys that old hat. and Tyrion. Yeah, that old, that old hat. And Jorah was there as well. <sighs> My body is pulling me very strong toward their simple sharing of a cup of wine when that happened i turned to the people in the room i was watching it with and just gestured my hand toward the tv like this is danny and Tyrion just having a, having a drink here we sit two terrible children of terrible fathers that line that line ah! <laughs> you're I right mean, there makes me want to this that perspective Vomit? i didn't expect <laughs> You just don't expect that kind of inflection, that self, just let's say this because we're in this room and this is who we are. We both had crazy dads and I killed mine and these these scenes that... My brother killed yours. I mean, yes, those, those interconnectivity, they're just kind of going through the way that their families have been connected in the way, and, and, and accepting each other's influence and I, I i'm i there's so much i want to say about about Tyrion and danny of course i i feel a little bad for jorah uh he's he's clearly on a, 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 a just a destructive path i mean he, he didn't quite get what he wanted but yet again he gets to walk away free i mean danny really it's not a surprise that danny quickly warms to Tyrion. But I'm I'm wondering. There's a line when they're talking where she says, "I will take you on as an advisor," or "I will not kill you." I think she says both. And I'm wondering if she played that too soon. I'm wondering if she still, if it wouldn't have been better for Tyrion to still wonder if he was going to die, because I I think she really did warmly welcome him. I I would actually say that Danny warmed to him sooner and in a greater fashion than I would have expected. Yeah, yeah it was, I I it totally surprised. I think, you know, and, and let's not forget, one of the first lines of this episode is, I'm the greatest Lannister killer of all time. <laughs> and yet, you're right. It somehow, in these early conversations, and then the later conversation with the two of them just, uh, well, Tyrion's the one who's drinking most of the wine, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that was... She, she is <laughs> able to endear himself to her, and it is that charismatic nature of well I don't know if you want to say it's Peter Dinklage versus Tyrion Lannister but a little it's a bit combination of, of the two yeah yeah mm-hmm. and he's just able to come across as this trusting individual because of his ability to turn a phrase or to you know really enhance the Banter. conversation and Banter. she wouldn't yeah. have heard she would not have heard that Tyrion Lannister killed Tywin Lannister 
you know, he could be making that up. Like, let, let's play a game here, and this is something I'm definitely going to be doing on the rewatch. Game of Bones? Mm. Pretend, yeah, be, uh, this is para game, like a game above even, even. Let's play a game here, hypothetical situation, that this show, this TV show, erase all the scenes we've ever seen in Westeros. And you just have Danny's storyline in Essos, right? From when she's sold to Khal Drogo, all this other stuff. Then comes this guy, the first time we've ever seen Tyrion. He shows up in her throne room and says what he says. And he's he's just speaking the truth. And we, we, we would think she was crazy for <laughs> letting him into her, her small council in the span of, you know, a couple conversations. But but we know him, so there's no question whatsoever. But if we didn't, it's like you know what what exactly is is happening? He he is the one man who can really I think in this episode the way they're talking about dragons, the way that he brings up you know the love of the common people, and he says let's let's be generous and assume that that's true that these <laughs> these little guys will raise. You still have to deal with it. when he, he lays out exactly what she's going to have to deal with. We see that he's the one guy that she absolutely needs. She. He he is invaluable to her. He is priceless. Um, but if he were anybody else, or if he weren't the Tyrion that we know, she is warming to him really quickly. And and it's well, it's it's it's. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the the marriage of the perfect. Like he's exactly who she needs, and she knows it. Did you see how he handled himself in the throne room, though? Very respectful. Having having the courage to take those first few steps, but while he was sort of giving the the judgment on Jorah. It's it was it was a strong move, and he did that, and uh, with the right amount of grace to her grace, it was allowed, and he permitted Jorah to have a clean exit, but also establishing all of the respect inside of him that I think he he wanted in that moment with Daenerys. So I don't know. I'm just really imp- impressed, if anything, because it, it 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 did go so well, and I do agree it's it was very quick, but at the same time. I wouldn't want to see Tyrion in a cell any longer. No, 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 no. Unless there's another brother of Mord who can let him out. Um, <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but I, I, I really, you're right. I think, honestly, that's just because we expect so many things to go wrong. The fact that this was so right, and it was everything that we wanted and more out of a meeting between these two characters who we've been following, but separately for so long. Well, I think Danny's always been a good person, though. Like deep down, she's always had good candor, and she's always been able to go go toe to toe with with people commonly. Even though she is this now great ruler of hundreds of thousands of of uh, people, so I don't know. I felt like when they that. united with one another, it would be like this. I wasn't disappointed. I was I was kind of just agape and awe at the entire conversation. The writing was outstanding. Some of Tyrion's best lines were in the midst of this single conversation with Daenerys. Um, she was likened to me even more so than before with her back-and-forth nature and sort of playing as a friend, but a friend that could have you killed at any moment. I she she takes now. his drink away from him. She's like, I'd like you to advise me while you can still form full sentences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's it's really smart. It's smart writing. It's smart. Um, just, the, again, the way that he was able to... He has this power over her in that he's like, oh, uh, are you are you value, are you you value worthy of my counsel? You know, there was like there was like that edge to the whole thing where... It was good. She, she asked him if he still decided. Yeah, and it, it's it's crazy because she can still kill him if he, if he says, no, you're not worthy of my counsel. But she's, she's 
uh, playing the game to let him see or to let herself, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. She's opening. It's- she better be careful, though. I mean, Tyrion is very smart, so yes. she's playing this game with him, but I think he's ten times better at it. And the fact that he starts out by recanting her story, right, or I should say recounting her story mm-hmm. of how she came to be and, and who yes. she is shows that he has a knowledge that far exceeds anything that she probably anticipated. And really, later on, when they're talking about all these different houses and which ones are going to lend a hand of support should she finally decide to come to Westeros. I feel like she never really answers the question. She gives the line that we saw early on in the trailer about breaking the wheel, but she doesn't give an answer. She just says, you know, I'm going to break the wheel, you know. It's just... it's not an answer to Tyrion's question. Like who is going to support her when she decides to finally come home? This is now Tyrion's job to find out. It's like, it's the biggest Mm. heist movie of all time with Peter Dinklage starring as the guy who figures out how to get into the vault. Does it matter though? No, because will it matter when she goes to Westeros and it's being beset by terrible foes from the North armies of the dead? I mean, that Probably may be her not. in. Yeah, she might actually benefit from from that happening. And, and Tyrion points out that she's the last she's surviving Targaryen. And certainly after what happened to Aemon, that's what we're all led to believe. We don't really know who Jon Snow's parents are. And, and I wondered if that was a bit of a tip of the cap to there being another Targaryen out there. And is that John? And 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 what does all that mean at the end of the day? Who knows, right? We've we've had the speculation going on now for seasons and, and books that we've read through. So I don't know. Did you guys feel the the strength of satisfaction that I think I just permeated from the screen when talks of a great house like Stark, who has been taken care of by people in his own family, spoken by Tyrion to Daenerys? It just felt yeah. like we were getting a connection to pass things while also giving respect to them. And it's just interesting how this far east, um, a house from some section of some kingdom out west matters so much. When, when Tyrion was talking about Varys, too, and about how he's the reason you weren't slaughtered in your crib, uh, you know, this, the, the one of the only men I trust, uh, it really legitimizes the fact that, that Tyrion is here, the fact that Varys put so much faith in her, and was able to point Tyrion in her direction, legitimizes everything that's going on um, in my mind. You know, I mean, Tyrion, we've got this guy who knows the West, who who is able to... I mean, he, he's the only uh, ammunition that she needs in order to, I guess, mount a, a pretty successful attack now on the West, but but he's doing it willingly because he believes in the cause, and just like this, this men, this order of men like Valerio... Or Jesus, like Varys. <laughs> That's a great name, though. <laughs> Varys, Varys, and Illyrio. That's their partnership. Yes, Illyrio. Varys, Varys, and Illyrio. Uh, you know, and those men who, again, we talked about this a couple episodes ago about how they must have, in the early days of Robert, just decided somehow to to put their faith in this this woman who's now growing, and by delivering Tyrion to her, by getting, by making that connection, they've they've formed something this is the first time where daenerys i think has really had a a fighting chance at the the west i mean he's able to call her call her out on her wisdom 
and her lack thereof in, in almost every situation. And he just got there. He doesn't even know nearly as much as he will if he spends yeah. a week, a month. Yeah, but is, he knows about her yeah. marriage to his dar. He knows about you know the fighting pits, and he says that there. That's a wise call to to, to bring him up. I mean, it's amazing. Call, These yeah. we're only gonna be able to see more scenes just like this one, or even better. Even better, yeah. Two characters. I mean, the, this was just the introduction. Oh, obviously, she's taking a shine to him. That goes without saying. He gets mm-hmm. the job. I don't know. It's just the way he told her, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of lives have you changed for the better here? It's such a great point. Maybe this is where you belong. Well, maybe. It comes down to her wanting to to be home. And I don't know. It just, she reminds me so much of what I've read of her ancestors and the lore. And Hmm. we're we're sort of experiencing the, the presence of a present person from that lineage building their own story and it's very cool to see how it plays it's playing out and it's very cool to see that our friend Tyrion Lannister who pissed off the wall who (laughs) pissed off people at the veil uh has done all that he's done and made as much impact on as many characters as we've seen him do has made it here and is now going to be making an impact on the mother of dragons it's just it's very cool to see the story reach this point I'm very, very excited. I don't think I've said that enough this episode, but it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he is that character that seems to wind up in all these interesting places, right? He's he's really the one that we've followed to the most places of anybody throughout Westeros. Like, he's gotten the, the, the full tour. Like, if he went on vacation, he got the whole package. We, we, oh, yeah. <laughs> we heard how Oberyn's been to 20 of those free <laughs> cities or whatever. Tyrion's the Oberyn that we can follow. I'm glad that we have... I've had this time, and I'm also glad that so many of you have participated in this evening. It was a massive success, of course, due to the excellent episode that we all viewed. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to the days following. It's going to be a fun time. I'm looking forward to the memes, <laughs> most particularly the ones we've already seen already. Like uh, with the, I guess, Night's King raising his arms saying, come at me, bro, or come at me, crow. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just... I actually made that. Did, oh, did, did you? That? I did, yeah. Okay. I, I took I the photo feeling. from our good friend, Terry Schwartz, <laughs> but I, I did put the caption in there. Come at I me, had bro. a feeling. Yeah. But, uh, but and, and, no, Perfect. I mean, that that is just the tip of the, the tip of the tip of the iceberg there. And um, I, I can't wait to see the. It's again the more the more we <laughs> we're just rambling at this point i love yeah, it yeah we really truly are the more we rewatch this episode the more creativity is gonna it's it, on right now actually i, I could go, go back and, and we're at hard home. talk about what yes. we saw at hard home if you guys don't mind now if all of you listening <laughs> don't mind i could just talk about that some more we should do our own yeah do those fine fun and fascinating things michael you kind of get it on for the come at me crow that's very clever mm-hmm. yeah definitely uh, yeah like but um uh, my my secondary own has to go to one one to the sea. <laughs> Just such a great line. He was a wonderful character. He still is. He was. He was in the preview, so he made it through the water. That is awesome. Yeah, he's. In, I know. That's that was heartening for me to find out he's still alive. But uh, I'm actually gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and sidestep the two pillars of the obviously the biggest meetings between Tyrion and uh, da- Daenerys, and then Jon and, and the White Walkers. I'm gonna skip. Go right through the middle to a dank, dark little cell in King's Landing, underneath King's Landing. And 
the woman who is uh, abusing Cersei, who's coming in and asking her to confess and slapping her with the spoon or beating her with the spoon or not giving her water. There's a moment where uh, she comes in while Meister Kyburn is with Cersei in this episode. And when she comes in, Cersei, even with Kyburn between them, Cersei takes two steps back. Small moment, easy to miss. Um, but that that fear, the the acting from Lena Headey in this episode yeah, alone, and, trying to get mm-hmm. water off the floor, I mean, uh, un unbelievable, and and definitely Emmy worthy. But I, I just so this woman who is abusing uh, Cersei and the fact that she took two steps back, I'm going to give the own to basically that that fearsome relationship between the two of them, how Cersei continues to swear that she's going to kill her. Um, but we just don't think it's that likely. And she's genuinely showing fear for this woman, for this tormentor. So, uh, nice. absolutely. Yeah. Is mine going to be obvious guys? You might want to take a guess. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with the obvious. I, uh, In what aspect evening, of the obvious, what's your angle? <laughs> well, not much of an angle. I think it's, I think it's very clear from the moment that John was on the beach and, and recognized that he and his crows had to fight that they simply could not just escape, that even though the threat was approaching and it was only going to get larger, they had to fight. He turned, he raised his sword in the air, they began to charge, the music thrummed. I was like, all in at that point. I was like, it's very cool. And I think that the fact that this powerful of an individual would give John the amount of attention that he did is, uh, is telling just toward the kind of character that John is and the amount of, of attention and respect that he sort of pulls in the words that Tormund spoke of him saying that they needed him as a leader. He's young. He's prettier than both my daughters. He's prettier than the bear that I had sex with as well, <laughs> but uh, we need him. I just thought that John really, really cleaned up in this episode and he continues to, to kick all of the asses. And that's cool because it's fun to rally around someone who's trying very, very hard. And it's fun to see bravery in a show that has a lot of subversion. And I, I'm, I'm drawn to that. I think it was very awesome. So own to Jon Snow for in the face of all of this, including in the face of that man, uh, managed to keep his cool. Yeah, I think it's hard not to give something from the end scene and own, although Eric uh, somehow managed to do that. And uh, I just, I, I think that it's uh, respectable, though. I, I think that that's a fair own from the um, one of the silent sisters there. Hmm. She's a hardcore bitch, man. I, it's, it's, it's a very fair own. And there's, again, there's so much in this episode that we have not been able to reach tonight. Mm-hmm. And we will. Those were our owns. Those were a glimpse into our our favorite moments from the episode. Again, this entire episode was just an extended version of that. But we will be following up this one with another dive into Hard Home later in the week. And in that episode, we will be including all of your correspondence. So please continue to show up in the fashion that you have. Say hello. Share your thoughts as we share them with the community and you all begin sharing things and saying hello to one another. It is only Sunday night at this point and the week is only beginning. Episode 9 will be in six days. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's crazy to think that there's only two episodes to go. I don't know how this can be followed. Not the intensity I was expecting. Game of Thrones. I, yeah. Way to do it. Yeah, so for all those people who left after episode 6 or claimed to do so, 
Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could hear an intake of breath. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Well, as Zach mentioned, there's uh, plenty of things to talk about going into our next episode, but be sure that you send us your owns as we will include them as part of that episode. And there's a number of ways that you can send us your owns. Eric, uh, why don't you tell us? Well, Micah, the certainly the, the <laughs> certainly the method that we've cited the most on this uh, this particular episode has been Twitter. <clears throat> you can find us on Twitter over at Game of Owns uh, and simply tweet at us at Game of Owns with your own from this episode or any other, and uh, we we read them on the show. That happens on our second episode each week. It's it's an own free for all. Uh, we get the bag, the satchel, some fire, some marshmallows. It's a nice time. Um, but that's just one of the ways. Of course, we are also on Facebook. We get uh, owns from Facebook just as often. And we call that uh, scrolling upon our wall. You can scroll upon our wall over on Facebook, facebook.com slash, guess, guess what? Game of Owns. Mm. Yeah. I haven't checked the Facebook wall this evening. I, I I'm afraid to go. I'm afraid, I'm afraid to look. It's voraciously. <laughs> and then if you're uh, not on inclined to be on social media, or if you have something of true substance to send us like in letter format you can of course email us we're located at contact at gameofowns.com and one other way you can leave your feedback for the show is on itunes uh just uh drop us a five star rate and review it is the month of june so nothing less than five stars is acceptable we thank you in advance for your review (laughs) i like that clean and concise micah all right. Well, now that we've reached the end of the episode, we, we, we there's something that we'd like to speak to you about, and we didn't want to muddle the excitement. Hardhone had to be given its respectful due, uh, fellas, and to all of you listening at home. The eighth episode has aired, and now only two remain. And in celebration of the final episode, this June 14th in Chicago, Illinois, Game of Owns. We'll have a live show and celebration of the finale. Live in Chicago at, wait for it, drumroll please, Geek Bar. Geek Bar. Chicago's premier place for all things geeky and nerdy. We knew that we wanted to celebrate this occasion properly. How better than an event where we can all hang out, say hello, and celebrate what is about to occur. The next step was just finding the perfect place. And we have, and it's going to be an absolute blast. That night is set up to be insane. It's going to be a great time. If you're in the Chicago area, I'd be surprised if you haven't been to Geek Bar yet. But if you go, it is a great experience. Closing out the fifth season. It's going to be absolutely insane. And we're all going to be there. Mike is flying in. I'm flying in. It's going to be a blast. Geek Mm -hmm. Bar are some quality guys. Um, It's a quality location. And just so you know how much quality they are, I did want to also mention that proceeds of the event, parts part in part, will be going to uh, Rape Victims Anonymous. Actually, throughout this, Geek Bar has 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 uh, decided to do that, and that is as a result of the you know somewhat controversial uh, topics that this show sometimes reaches. But in the end, it's all you know in this 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 fan- fantasy world, this entertainment venue, and and it's a really good marriage of. I think just giving back to a community and being part of the community. We're thrilled to be part of this community and to be, you know, being able to represent uh, our our podcast, ourselves, our love of this show at a public party like this. And knowing that it's the finale of this 
season just really super exciting. So I can't wait to, to be there, and hopefully we'll see mm. some of you there. And very, very close to our heart, it's important to mention this event will be sponsored in part by Brewery Oma Gang. I mean, how much more perfect could it get? It doesn't get much more perfect than that. It's really great. I mean, we, the three of us, get the opportunity to watch the finale together, which is something that we've never done before. I don't even know that, aside from on our own computers, we've ever watched an episode together Holy. before, the three of us. So, uh, this <laughs> no, is, you're right. At That's, least in person. Wow. In person. That is so, crazy. This is uh, this is going to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think based on titles of episodes and summaries of episodes, so much is going to go down in this finale, and so much is still going to happen in episode nine. But the finale, it's going to be awesome, and I'm just waiting for you know Zach in the uh, in the last episode that we did. You know, we were talking. Yeah. He's like, you knew that <laughs> you Tyrion and Jorah were going to end up in Marine together so this upset. whole time. Well, I, I think after episode ten, there's going to be an even bigger reaction or set of okay well you just remember we're gonna to be that. there in person micah all right <laughs> so, so you're gonna turn to me like, holy i'm fuck gonna carry me. you out of the venue on my shoulders don't think that i oh, can't man well we're so what we're talking about when you said at the beginning of this uh series or season micah that, that by the end of the season we'd all be sullied is because eventually there would just be this huge fight to the death between viewers getting angry that the other people ah. didn't tell them what was going on literally going to sully one another oh man it I don't could know. very well be so that's it more details will pour out of our sources of pouring uh, as the days progress, but mark it on your calendars June 14th. Yeah, so those of you who are in the Chicago area, definitely come on by Geek Bar. If you're not in the Chicago area, make travel plans. you got two weeks to do it. Let's There's do no it. excuses. We're really looking forward to that. We're also really looking forward to our next episode where we get to discuss... Let's face it, we're going to discuss more about what happened at Hard Home. We'll probably talk a little <laughs> bit more Tyrion and Daenerys, but... Uh, some things that we left out or just didn't have the time to get to uh, with uh, Arya out Bravos. She's uh, certainly uh, learning her trade a little bit better mm. as the days go She's on. She's still not ready. <laughs> we had a big reveal by Theon Reek at yep. Uh, yep. Winterfell, finally. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, uh, down in King's Landing, Cersei has uh, fallen on some hard times. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, in that conversation with Kyburn, she may decide to confess i don't know she might be eating more than tommen is right now kyburn is making progress on his work guys (laughs) (laughs) so for now be patient sit tight re-listen re-watch we'll be with you later this week perhaps i will have you killed after all your queenly prerogative don't give it all Look really, really closely in the scene at Hardhome when they're out on the water. You can see Gendry rowing by. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. I knew I should Good. have taken a left at Albuquerque. <laughs>